0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Topic
1: Thunder.
0: Yeah, welcome, everybody. You know what this is. This is you, patrons, you uh, sending us topics, and Matt and I answering these questions uh, and talking about them for about 20, 25, 30 minutes, depending on how we feel. Um, So I've been enjoying these lately during the uh, Mm -hmm. coronavirus, Matt. They seem to have gotten even more specific and extensive in their questions, and they've been fun to answer.
1: Yeah, and hopefully they're getting as much out of it as we are. Uh, And it's great because it's a wide diversity uh, of stuff every week. Yeah. Uh, So send whatever you like. And those that are patrons, you know where you can find the email, but we can put another post up with the email, and they get to send in the questions, and we just answer whatever it is. Hey, talk about this or pick A or B, whatever the case is. So uh, if you're a patron and you haven't taken advantage of that, just go over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and you can find the email, uh, and it's at the $5 and up level. Mm-hmm. Submit a question, and then we put the show out for everybody. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. so everybody who's listening to us, if you're not a patron, this is one of those uh, perks that you get in the tier. Have you ever wanted to ask Matt and I a question? you can do so as a patron and get it answered on Topic Thunder. And it can be any question. We reserve the right, obviously, to answer things that are maybe too personal that we don't want to talk about. But for the most part, Matt and I are pretty wide open in the in the answering of these questions and topics. I think it's been the rare one that makes us not want to answer it. So anything you've wanted to ask us, if you join the Patreon, you can do so. What level do they have to be at, 5 or 10? Which level is it at? Uh, they can, five bucks
1: and up. And they five can, bucks and up.
0: Uh, that's they can nothing. hit us up at that
1: email address and uh i say we jump right in and uh would you like to go 1st this
0: time? let's do it um sure why not uh
1: this is chris lemke
0: i'm going to lemke um his uh question is two sports questions for you guys one may be already addressed so feel free to skip it but how are you guys enjoying the last dance so far good question uh matt you and i uh you you came on uh hang uh sorry game time for a couple of uh to talk about the first two episodes for about an hour with uh adam caporal that was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun to talk with you about it you're you're a chicago bulls fan uh i'm a fan of this bulls team uh so it's been fun to to watch this documentary and as adam warned us there hasn't been that much that was revelatory there are some news things that have been revealed but not that much so how are you doing at six episodes
1: in um, it you know, it it uh it's bittersweet because I get to read my team at its apex and then you think about all the iterations since then. But uh, it's good. Yeah, there has not been one one real bombshell or something that I didn't know. So far, all the information is if you were paying attention at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: You might need reminders on specific things. Right. Yeah, that did happen, but uh there's by and large, uh nothing really. I did love the Jordan with the once they show him on the iPad, before, <laughs> the Isaiah, and he's like, I don't, I don't give a shit what he says, just a full assessment. Like, uh, if public opinion has changed now, he's singing a different song. Yeah, yeah it's out of key for me, so I don't care.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, man. I, I think that was, uh, you know, you talk about that Hall of Fame speech, but you can't. You can't deny my man still has the anger for Isaiah. He's still – there are just some people – and he respects Isaiah. And a lot of people said, actually, not a bombshell thing, but certainly a lot of people said afterwards that this is the first time they've heard Jordan give that kind of love to Isaiah, ranking him just below magic in the history of point guards in the NBA. And that's the first time he's ever done that. So in that way, I guess Jordan has cooled just a little bit towards Isaiah. But for the most part – there's still that fire there and anger there to, to, towards Isaiah.
1: I took that to mean, and perhaps, you know, I, I wasn't paying as fully attention as mm. you, but that it was in the game at that time, Isaiah was the second best point guard. Oh. That's but not of all time. Mm. During that era, Maybe Isaiah, you're right. it was magic and then Isaiah. And you're like, yeah, I would agree with that. I okay. can't. Stockton was about the longevity, but it wasn't the, you know, the spike apex that, right. that right. Isaiah had. And yeah. as others have pointed out, you know, he sacrificed some of the stats. He easily could have been just a non stop score if he wanted to, but to facilitate the team and get them going, he knew when to pull back and when to push.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's been one of the most interesting things to watch too, Matt, is like, you have to kind of reassess Michael Jordan all over again. And it's been, you know, obviously LeBron's not had, they don't have a great relationship, but the situation with him and Kobe, that was kind of, that's something I didn't know about. Like I didn't know no, how tight no one did. they were. Right. Exactly. And and you hear all the time, like, Oh, Kobe versus Jordan. Who's blah, 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 blah. Uh, or oh, Kobe versus LeBron or LeBron versus uh, Jordan, that kind of stuff you hear all the time. But I had no idea that LeBron, I mean, so Kobe and the Jordan have this kind of a strong relationship and the way Kobe spoke about Jordan, like with a level of respect and, mm-hmm perspective that i that i think a, that's why a lot of us feel such tragedy about the death of kobe because he seemed to be have he seemed to have turned that corner into um into his manhood his second stage of manhood where he was going to be more he was going to have more perspective he was going to have he was more relaxed kind of what jordan hasn't done he was going to be like a little more sure yeah. about it and, and let go of the grudges where jordan still holds on to him because he needs them to exist uh kobe was kind of rounding into this kind of uh statesman of the game almost uh, i mean i wouldn't have been surprised if if down the road he could have ended up commissioner of the NBA, that was certainly possible. So to see this uh, with them was uh, really heartwarming to watch.
1: I would imagine his sights were set higher than commissioner of the league. Good point. Good point, so, Senator Kobe Bryant. Sure. Oh my God. Uh, who knows at that point? Because mm. if I'm guessing in 10 years, whenever that full transition would be where he want that next step. Yeah. He's already won an Oscar. But what – the progression of the next nine years, what else can he manage to accomplish? Yeah. Done his philanthropy. He had invested in a bunch of different businesses that were really, you know, uh, had, had returned his investment tenfold. Yeah. On a few different fronts. It just, whatever he seemed to touch was turning to gold. Uh, so, yeah, it, you know, it is. But when you see it now between the two of them, mm. it makes all the sense in the world um, because it's the one person that you could tell that Kobe flat out respected. Yeah. Yeah. Just but you would see it like in the footage in Last Dance when, you know, Jordan is at the All-Star game. All everybody else is deferring to him when they yeah. show up 98. Every single person realizes he is completely different. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I'm sure Jordan is seeing
0: shades of himself and Kobe at that time when mm-hmm. Jordan came into the league. You know, at a young age, and what that uh, perspective was like for him, what that experience was like for him, seeing Kobe kind of go through. He did, he isn't overtly mean to Kobe. You can like he ball busts him as like oh he's going to want to do it one on one that kid in L.A. blah blah blah. But he's not being like snickering at him and undercutting him. And I think there was a level of respect Jordan had already kind of given the kid with the way he came into the league. Plus, I mean, people forget Kobe spoke six languages. He grew up in Europe. Like, this was not your normal young kid who comes into the NBA, uh, you know, straight out of high school. This was an educated, cultured kid.
1: Wait, well, came into the league thinking he was the best, mm. and then he spent years proving that that wasn't arrogance. Right, right. Uh, but it was at first. It's just like, you got a lot of balls, kid. You got a lot of balls. You do have a, a tremendous amount of talent and you could flat out see it. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I love the best part of that though, is Jordan was like, he's just going to keep shooting. He goes, oh, <laughs> I'm not passing you the ball unless you get a fucking rebound. Yeah, so, I love that. Yep. Yeah. That's the old man. That's the difference the game. Yeah. But Kobe got to that too, eventually. Yeah. Just like, you know, meta, you are not shooting unless it's X, you know, mm-hmm. within a certain distance of the damn rim. And that will prove you're wrong, like the wins of a championship. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm sure he's had that. (laughs) To this day, the only grudge that I know of that he carried was with uh, Smush Parker, of all people. Of all people, Smush. Smush. Just hated him. (laughs) That's LeBron and Delonte West. You're like,
0: why? Why? Why do you even care? He's such a gnat in your world. Why do you even care? But, you know, a lot of these guys are built on looking for the grudges, looking for the disrespect or the slights to motivate them, and they don't forgive easily for sure for the most part. Yeah, I mean, overall, just a great – Just look, It's. I wouldn't say it's a great documentary because, once again, it's not revelatory, but it's been great to go down memory lane again with this team and go and jump in time, and I think the the shoe stuff was revelatory. I, I almost texted you as I was watching it, like you must be, you must have been like really enjoying that section of the documentary. I didn't know that he almost that he almost went with Adidas or wanted to go with Adidas, and Nike had to talk yeah. him into it. I forget Nike. at the time, Nike was nobody, was a running company. Yeah, I totally
1: forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, they were literally nobody. Yeah, I've, I've read about all about that and how his agent, you know, what they. There presented him like a, a tennis player, yeah. But atypical of the time, and then I was a kid, so I didn't know anything about it. And then I started looking back, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. You can you can find that information out there." Yeah, yeah. nothing. Not it was all Converse, which is crazy to me because once I started playing, it was all Nike. Oh my god, those Converse shoes are brutal on your feet, man. Uh, yeah, I never worn. Them.
0: Kobe has a thing where he talked about afterwards, where he said, like, you know, when Jordan wore his old. Uh, uh, his first issues of the shoes, the Jared Jordan ones or whatever they're called mm-hmm. um, for that game against the Knicks Um, uh, sports, writer, Ellie sports writer mentioned the SPN that like he had spoken to Kobe about it, uh, whether Kobe was going to wear in his last season, when he played Toronto again, it was on the five-year anniversary or four-year anniversary of the 81 point game. If he was going to wear the shoes he wore from the 81 point game, like Jordan did against the Knicks and his, and he said, are you crazy? And he said, Jordan didn't do that to be cool or retro they were just about to reissue those shoes. So Jordan wore them to bring a highlight on them so he could make as much money. And then you're like, damn, that's, that's Jordan in a nutshell, oh, smart. always thinking ahead, the smart businessman. Uh, and uh, Mike Francesa today, or yesterday was talking or early this morning, I think, and he was talking about his gambling. Cause that's another thing that was highlighted here. That was interesting to see uh, the gambling. And I loved his defense. Look, my wife's not destitute. We're not selling our house because of debts. It's just a hobby. And Francesa said, It's, I was in gambling joints with Jordan. It is obscene the amounts of money he spent, but to him, that was just how he Mm -hmm. was built and it was a hobby. And he turned down million dollar daily appearances for stuff, millions of dollars. I saw, he goes, I saw him turn it down uh, because he doesn't need the money. And that's insane. So that's, he gambled, yes, but he was never gambling to the where he was bankrupt or anything like that.
1: Exactly. When you have a printed, Money maker and your own line of sneakers that is guaranteed to bring you in a hundred million minimum a year. Just you personally, $10 yeah million means nothing. Right. That's right. just from that. That's not even whatever his other interests are. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So what is 10 grand? I mean, yeah.
0: It's dropping a book. he
1: That check that got him in trouble and he had to go to court. The dude, who, who was the embodiment of the word hustler, you just looked like a fucking hustler, and you're like, I played yeah. for ten grand a hole or whatever. He, what are you? Uh, Fifty seven thousand. Fifty seven thousand, yeah. <laughs> Fifty seven thousand in the early nineties. It's a decent. It's a decent chunk of change. It's a, it's a chunk of change for sure. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's pushing like seventy five now.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, it, and for us, that would be like, oh, my God, an, for some people, it's an entire year's salary that he's betting on with this one dude on one thing. And the other guy, And this is the thing that I took away from him, is that Jordan's not a damn good gambler, to be honest with you, because like he owed the other dude a million and a half so much so that like the guy wrote a book about it. Uh, so Jordan wasn't really probably known for paying his bets because I bet his anger and his pettiness about losing in those bets made him delay paying uh, these people uh, in that way as well. So I imagine that's part of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That dude seems slimy as
0: shit. Well, true, very true. But then again, you lie down with dogging it, please. You know. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But what are there stubs that say he owes a million and a half? Like, what? how do we? Oh, fair. fair. You could just know. say whatever you wanted to because it's all true. Transaction type of shit. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Nothing of this whatsoever. So
0: yeah. well we got what's the second part of limp yeah we got four more episodes to go so we'll see what happens uh secondly what is on your sports bucket list nba finals game seven super bowl personally i've always wanted to go to a wimbledon final and i missed out on one of mine this year seeing my lsu tigers in a national championship game because i had to fly to atlanta for work oh that sucks thanks and go tigers g-e-a-u-x go tigers
1: uh wow uh what about you do you have a bucket list um I mean specific event sure game 7 but I think I I'd, I'd like to see games in specific places rather Oh okay like see a huge game at uh Cameron Hall Okay Oh it's, you mean Duke, it's, Duke? Yeah it's yeah. so tiny Yeah and the amount of energy in that and I'm not a Duke fan so who right. is, like I just want to see a huge game but that place it the uh the energy looks absolutely incredible in that It room. is um, yeah. Let's see, where else? I mean, I tried to see a game at Wembley. Mm. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, but instead went to another game instead. I remember that. I remember that, right? You had to kind of exchange the tickets. Um, yeah, yeah, after hassling them because they failed to deliver it and said that the delivery couldn't be delivered and be like, really? Because the company that's only job in your country is doing shit like this. Yeah. So they never sent it. Uh, and I'm, Kind of, I believe them because they only do two things. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to screw up literally two things. They accept packages and there's PO boxes. Right. They're all, you know, I think magazine rack or something. Uh, but it's it's nothing. She's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go with this company.
0: I think for me, it would have to be seeing Liverpool at Anfield win the title. Uh, and look, with as cheap as things are right now, honestly, if I was. Uh, Well off, I I probably could travel to England and just quarantine myself until they say they're bringing back the Premier League. I quarantine myself in a hotel and then just wait. And, And when they bring it back, you know get the tickets to watch these games and watch them win the title hopefully at Anfield that would have been that i mean if i had to spend the disposable income like michael jordan i would absolutely do that cuz i could still do these shows from the hotel room i could still yeah. function consistently from the hotel room it just would have to be me waiting around and waiting and then them deciding if they're going to let people come to these games or not, you know, because Germany's about to start up with the Bundesliga, and we'll see how mm-hmm. that plays out to see how that affects the Premier League. But that would be it, See to be in Anfield and watch Liverpool win a, a Premier League title or to be uh, at a Europe at a Champions League final to see Liverpool win uh, a Champions League. That would be great, uh, followed real closely by the Redskins being in the stands to watch the Redskins win a Super Bowl again because it's been three freaking decades and yeah, I mean, it,
1: to win it again. Any any of my teams like that? Yeah. I would love to be there for, doesn't matter.
0: Right.
1: Um, but yeah, just trying to think of like, are there any other one-off type places? Like, oh, this set of, you know, specific circumstances. I'll
0: throw WrestleMania in there. I, just about any WrestleMania in a big...
1: Uh, yeah, but yes, for a sporting event.
0: So. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's uh, not a
1: sport. It's not a sport. Is it athletic? Yes. It's very athletic. These guys are huge. Yeah. Is it a sport? No, because there's no competition. So, not that aspect. Jumping the politicizing behind the scenes to try and get your character to be the best kid? yeah, sure. But is that a sport? Then I guess Congress is a fucking sport as well.
0: It feels like it sometimes. Yes, it does, Boy, but it's not the same thing.
1: It's not the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll have to table that discussion.
1: All right, what's our, ne- what's our next thing, Matt? Thank you, Mr. Lemke. This one's from Jonathan Carroll or Caro. Caro! Hi, Matt and John. I hope... Uh, All you are saying, safe and sound, where you live. I have a question, maybe a potential fun one. If you were a professor at university and were to teach a film class or film classes of any sort, history of a genre, a director, actor, what would it or they be? Thank you for taking my question and keep doing your thing and entertain everyone uh, with your fun and awesome banter, Jonathan. Hmm, Nice question.
0: Um, What would you teach?
1: Well, obviously I would teach Westerns,
0: but um, specific director, I would teach Kurosawa. I think that would be a fun – Akira Kurosawa would be a fantastic director to kind of explore and explain and teach. Because as great as those films are revered by film critics and cinephiles, Mm -hmm. the regular person probably hasn't seen any of them to be honest with you. And it would be nice to have a a classroom full of people who've never seen any Kurosawa films and walk them through his filmography and his uh, journey as a film director and his highs, extreme highs and his uh, Mm -hmm. almost suicidal low. And then his comeback, it would be incredible to walk people through that as a journey, as a lesson uh, about a man's life and also a man's talent as a director and how it evolved. So that would be a really big thing for me personally. What about you?
1: Um, I think I do like a hybridized so take take a movie, uh, historical movie-ish, something like Gladiator, and then the yeah. movies going on each week discuss okay, who's this is who Marcus Aurelius was. Right. Here's the area, here's the policies that he managed to to do, and then whenever they interact with anybody else, pull it out and be like, here's the historical context. They had fun with it, and we talk about the film overall as yeah. it builds the choices they make, etc. etc. Et but then giving backstory of what the actual what they're basing it upon, right? Yeah, uh, I, I like that. I, I go. Sounds interesting, Jonathan. Thank you for the question. We appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Uh, um, all right, let me use the next one, but he's, that's just a show idea, correct? So, fantastic. Is that our next one? I believe so. Okay, fantastic. Three hundred and fourteen. Uh, let's see how much time. Okay, he says, uh, "Hey, John and Matt, thanks for giving me this platform to make this request. Here goes." Argue the benefits, uh, argue the benefits from having these two actors playing each of you in your life stories. Matt gets Paul Giamatti and John gets Louise Guzma. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Thanks for taking my email, Fred C. Uh, okay, Matt, can you argue for Paul Giamatti playing you in a film? But. The top ten movies. benefits from having,
1: well, the thing is, Giamatti's got range.
0: That's for sure.
1: Yeah, we've seen him morph himself into all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see him portray me, yes, because you would hope someone like that could get the complexity that we all feel we are inherently. Mm-hmm. And bring that nuance to the character. I think Giamatti would be, you know, he'd do a great job. Yeah. That's your answer? Oh, that's it? Oh, my God,
0: okay. Well, go we water. go back and forth.
1: You really, like, <laughs> that's the opening statement. All right, fair.
0: Lot, I respect that. Luis Guzman, I, you know, first of all, that would be weird because Luis is darker than I am. So that'd be a little bit interesting.
1: Oh, like Giamatti and I are <laughs> fucking clones. Same color. You're at least same closer color. To Guzman. Same color. You're at least closer to, you guys have, the you know, it's the same what? kind of presence on some level on screen.
0: Please. Uh, I have a stronger presence than that guy. But I respect Luis Guzman and what he's done. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think he'd be great because he'd be he certainly would get the humor. He certainly get the moments where I feel like I'm I'm over my head in situations sometimes. Uh, but he can also play a pretty ruthless villain. I, you know, we've seen him play those kinds of characters before. So he could capture that part of me uh, for sure. I think he, he'd be a very interesting choice to play me. And I'd like to see him, you know, kind of do my life. It'd be uh, it'd be like watching an actor. Uh, uh, play a part that you've seen on stage numerous times, but you want to see what that actor can do with it. And so I think that would be the interest for me, to see Luis
1: Guzman doing it. It's
0: an interesting choice.
1: It is an interesting choice. <laughs> if, nothing, if nothing else, then the, the voice, because Luis kind of only does Luis. Yeah, right, exactly. Like Sean so, only John
0: Connery only does Sean Connery. Yeah.
1: yeah, whereas Giamatti will morph his voice and try and replicate, like, go watch American Splendor and then Billions the season. Uh, yeah, completely different voice characterizations Hey, well. who he's trying to get across with this character. Uh, who would your ideal be? You can choose anybody. Be like, you know what? Dream casting, this is who I want. I think it would be Charlie
0: Sheen circa eight, 1988 or 1990. That would be my choice. Major just, League era. Yeah, I was just watching Major League actually today again uh, for uh, upcoming Cinefiles, Uh And I, I just was like, God, that guy. There was a time when that guy was fucking cool man and it's good to, it's like it's nice to revisit that because i don't dig platoon charlie sheen i like i like late 80s early 90s charlie sheen that's my charlie sheen mm-hmm. and i think him doing me and at times and i've had i've been confused for him when i was younger a couple of times uh, or people said i look like him uh, so i would like to see that charlie sheen play play me uh so who do you got
1: yeah i mean there was a pie like it's him when he's in Ferris Bueller as the punk kid, oh, that's
0: great too. Yeah,
1: it is. It's a great little scene. Yep. Um, I know that was a very small window for Mr. Sheen before he went off the rails. Yeah, man, it's a shame, dude. Because he's, he's made some other stuff that I like. Damn good at work. Yeah, I at mean, work. Uh, yeah. Yeah, him and his brother. It's just a fun film. Yeah. And what's his name? Dean Cameron. The '80s actors in Summer School. Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, that guy. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah uh and then a son of a gun isn't ernie hudson in that one no no no! it's the best voice in the biz he was in they live i'm blanking on his name oh keith david thank you i knew it was something very unique to him right right two first names uh what about you who'd play you man oh ideally dude brad Pitt. why not (laughs) george clooney swing for the fences I'd be closer. Pitt's well, way too handsome. I'm not saying I'm close to Clooney. Look, well,
0: I think Clooney plays me, and Brad Pitt plays you. I'm down with it. I like that idea. Like, <laughs> Clooney's older than Brad Pitt. I'm older than you. I think it totally works. I think it absolutely
1: works. Dude, you're Charlie Sheen. What are you talking about? So Charlie so, uh, Sheen and Brad Pitt. And I don't care. You throw a dart at whatever era of Brad Pitt you want. I'm fine with all that. <laughs> Legitimately fine. Boom, Legends of the Fall. Do you see that air? It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, yes. Boom, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No problem, dude. Still an amazing six-pack. <laughs> he does. He looks good in that film. He's Yeah, he's aged into himself quite yeah. handily as only Brad Pitt could. Guys, I'll take old Benjamin Button
0: Brad Pitt as Matt knows. I'll take that. Uh, I like that idea. <laughs> Speaking of Legends of the Fall, man, I just saw there's a British show coming out with Julia Ormond, I think, on Acorn or BritBox. And she, I did, she's, you know with a younger guy and it's causing trouble in her family. And I was like, is she at that age? And I looked at like, She's 60. She's 60. It's kind of crazy in my head. She's uh, to me. I only think she's a few years older than she was in legends of the fall, but you forget yeah. how old that film is. Like how, how long ago that film is. And she was in her mid thirties when she made it. So you're just like, Oh my God. Wow. She's 60. Where is the time gone? So it was just kind of mind blowing dude. So it looks good though. It looks good. Uh. All right, we're at the what? 25 minute mark. Should we wrap it up here, or do you want to do one more?
1: Um, let's go ahead and wrap it up here, okay? And, you know, because uh, you know, once a week, you guys, we hope you enjoyed it. We uh, we convinced about everything you sent, we didn't really hold back. That's right, and That's thank you to everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10. And you can find the email address there, so just head over there if you're at the five dollar tier and up, join the discussion, you know, participate in the show. We love it each and every week. You can find me anywhere. At Matt knows, and uh, that is yeah, everything
0: Matt said. Come aboard the Patreon. This is the kind of stuff you can enjoy uh, interacting with us on, and though these sending in these questions and these emails, it's a lot of fun for us to answer them. You can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram, and please come on over to the Outlaw Nation YouTube channel and our YouTube channel. Find our YouTube channel as well. Go and subscribe to that. Maybe we can down the road monetize that channel as well. So, certainly the fans who followed us. Uh, for so many years, can swing it over there, hit that subscribe because we do still record these, as you can tell, on camera. So you can watch yeah. us on camera on the YouTube channel. So go over there Although, and
1: subscribe. This video is only for the patrons. So right. our regular show plus re you can see over on the YouTube. There channel. you go. There you go. Good Just point. When yeah. You cannot. You can only listen to it uh, because this is a, was a Patreon only show, but then co- you know COVID yeah. Uh, yeah. hit the world. Uh,
0: jump on over jump on over yeah all right all right thanks everybody and uh we will talk to you uh next time on another episode of topic thunder